Hello everyone, it's Mark Godeka here. Welcome to the NT Pod, the podcast all about the New Testament and Christian origins. It's episode 11, and today we're going to be looking at wealth and poverty in the Gospel of Luke. When I was at school, I was told that the Gospel of Luke is the Gospel of the underdog. It's the one which sets out with shepherds adoring the baby Jesus rather than the kind of magi that you get in Matthew's Gospel. And it takes as its heroes in the parables people like the Samaritan, the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. And one element of this championing of the underdog that you get in the Gospel of Luke in particular is the attitude to the poor and it's one of Luke's favourite words that you keep getting this word the poor occurring in the Gospel. But for Luke it's not just a matter of having lots of references to poor and, and putting poor people in key roles in the Gospel. There's actually something quite important going on and it's what New Testament scholars will call eschatological reversal. In other words whatever the realities are in this world in the kingdom of God they will be turned over, they'll be reversed, there'll be a complete changeover. And Luke announces this agenda right at the beginning of the gospel because when Mary sings her song of praise about the event that's about to happen, her giving birth to Jesus, when she has that song of praise which uh, it tends to be called the Magnificat, there's a great line which talks about and, and encapsulates this eschatological reversal. This is Luke 1, 52 to 53. Mary says, he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and he has exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and he has sent the rich empty away. And this kind of eschatological reversal where you have the poor rewarded and the rich condemned is something that you get especially in Lucan parables. If you turn your attention to a couple of them, Luke chapter 12, verses 15 to 21, there you have the parable of the rich fool. And what happens is this fool is so rich and doing so well that he gathers all of his produce into his barns and thinks about how he's going to live long and prosper. And uh, he says, you know, I'm going to eat, drink and be merry. And God says to him, you fool, this very night your life will be required of you. So what happens is you have a dramatic reversal going on there. The rich man who is living in luxury suddenly has absolutely nothing. And then the same theme is taken even further. In a parable in Luke chapter 16 verses 19 to 31 called the rich man and Lazarus or to use the old Latin Dives and Lazarus. And what happens here is a dramatic representation of a complete switch around. What happens is, is Lazarus is the poor man who is at the gate of the rich man's mansion. He would love to eat the crumbs that fall from the rich man's table. But what happens is when the rich man dies, he goes to Hades and he is suffering down there. He begs Lazarus, who has gone to Abraham's bosom, if he could only just have a little touch of water to cool his tongue. And what you have here is is really like a dramatization of an earlier part of Luke's gospel. If you turn to chapter 6 in Luke, you get to a famous passage, very famous passage, right at the beginning of the Sermon on the Plain, where Jesus begins a whole series of Beatitudes. And in Luke, the first Beatitude goes, blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And really, this is what happens to Lazarus later on in chapter 16. He's a poor man who is 
blessed by rewards in the kingdom of God. And then the interesting thing about Luke's Beatitudes is that he follows them up several verses later with some woes, some condemnations. And the very first one is woe to the rich. And what does he say about the rich? He says, woe to the rich because you have already received your consolation. In other words, they're people like the rich man in chapter 16 who had already received his reward because he'd been feasting sumptuously every day like the rich fool who stored up all that stuff in his barns in chapter 12 so you again you get this eschatological reversal very key theme in the whole of luke's gospel so does luke perhaps see this whole business of the poor receiving their rewards in the kingdom as somehow an element a key element in the gospel you can bet your life he does because right there at the very beginning of Jesus's public ministry in chapter 4 what happens is Jesus has an agenda setting sermon in Nazareth he goes to the synagogue in Nazareth and it's much earlier in Luke's gospel than it is in Matthew and Mark in in Matthew the same incident happens in chapter 13 in Mark it happens in chapter 6 but Luke has it right towards the beginning of Jesus's ministry, not long after he's been tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And the very first line when he gets up and preaches in the synagogue is a line from Isaiah 61. And he says, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach good news, that's the word, the gospel, to the poor. So Luke seems to see the gospel as being centered on the poor. And the way that he configures this is as a kind of reversal in their fortunes, that hearing Jesus's words will transform their whole outlook radically because they're going to have this reward in the kingdom. But there's another element to this in Luke's Gospel. It's one which we could easily miss if we're not careful, but it's very important. It's the way that Luke connects poverty with discipleship. He links the whole business of being poor with being a disciple. Take a look at chapter 14 and verse 33 in particular. Here Jesus says, Every one of you who does not renounce all of their possessions is not able to be my disciple. And it's not just in sayings material that you get this clear view that discipleship entails the leaving behind of all possessions. It occurs in the narrative material of Luke's gospel as well. And so if you go back to the call of the disciples in Luke's gospel chapter 5, Luke interestingly adds little phrases to what he takes over from Mark. So when Simon and his brother Andrew and James and John follow Jesus in Luke chapter 5, you have this interesting little line added that having left everything they followed Jesus that's Luke 5:11 and that little phrase having left everything is something that Luke has added to Mark on the assumption of Mark and priority which I share and then again when Levi is called Luke is careful to add a little phrase there to his Mark and source where he says having left everything Levi goes and follows Jesus that's in Luke 5:28 and what Luke is doing here, I think, is he's setting things up for that grand pronouncement at the beginning of the Sermon on the Plain in Luke chapter 6, verse 20, where he says, blessed are the poor. What's so interesting is that where he has Jesus announcing blessed are the poor, who is he speaking to? He's speaking to the disciples. It's very clear in Luke 6.20 that Jesus lifts his eyes and speaks directly to the disciples. So it's not just some kind of grand abstract blessing on the poor, but it's particularly those ones that Jesus has encouraged to leave everything in order that they could follow him. And one other thing that is worth bearing in mind is that Luke, of course, 
didn't just settle with uh, to write uh, one book. He's the only one of the gospel writers that writes a sequel. Very bold and brave thing to do, and I'd love to visit that again in the future on the NT pod. And in Acts of the Apostles, he continues this story about the business of renouncing possessions in order to follow Jesus. But that is a story for another day, or it's an episode for another NT pod. Well, thanks very much for listening to the NT pod. It's been good to have your company. Uh, I usually go through at the end of the pod with a whole list of places that you can find me. And frankly, it does get a little bit tedious, doesn't it? But uh, let's just say that if you tootle along to markgoodacre, that's all one word, dot O-R-G, you can find everything that you need to find there. So thanks again for listening, and I'll see you again soon. Oh, and as Columbo would say, one more thing. It's difficult to talk about issues connected with poverty in the ancient world and in uh, ancient texts without being reminded of the appalling situation uh, regarding poverty in our world today. Please consider a donation to Oxfam. You can find them on the web at oxfam.org. I don't charge for this podcast, so if you are the kind of person who might be inclined to give, then please consider a donation to Oxfam. Thanks very much for listening.